Hello, beautiful souls. Before we begin, I just want to share a few freebies with you. First, if you subscribe on my website, your name and contact info will be put in a jar that I pray on every morning. The angels also have me pick a few people from that jar every week to text personalized angel messages to. That could be you. All you have to do is subscribe on my website. Also, you could win a free session with me if you write a positive review of this podcast on iTunes. After you post a glowing positive review on iTunes, just email me with your name, contact info, and review, and you'll be entered into a monthly drawing to win a free session. For details on all of this, visit my website, www.jancis.com. That's spelled J-A-N-C-I-U-S.com. You're listening to Angels and Awakening, where we believe daily life can be lived from a constant state of love, joy, peace, bliss, ease, and grace. Why are people always searching for a better way to live? Because there is one. Life doesn't have to be stress-filled and anxiety-ridden. You can make lasting changes that lead to a life you love. My name's Julie Jancis. I have the gift of connecting with angels and bringing through their healing, positive messages to my clients every day. Join us on the Angels and Awakening podcast each week as we explore big spiritual questions, interview experts, and bring through angel messages. I'm so excited you're here. Hello, friends. Welcome back. I'm so excited about our guest today. Today, I'm interviewing my friend, colleague, and teacher, Nancy Reagan. Nancy has been a licensed massage therapist for 20 years. She also specializes in energy-based somatic therapies. She is an explorer and a traveler. She's a free-spirited individual who encourages people to find their flow in life by allowing their present life to unfold. Nancy works out of Chicago, Glen Ellen, and Naperville, Illinois, and she kindly allows me to rent her Naperville office for sessions on the weekends and summer when my husband and daughter are home from school. And that has been the hugest blessing for me, Nancy, because then I don't have to kick my family out of their house. Friends, I have worked with hundreds and hundreds of people, and I can honestly say that no one has energy like Nancy's. She is one of the most beautiful souls inside and out that I have ever met. Nancy and I met over a year ago in fall 2017, and we work with one another twice a month. I will go to see Nancy once a month for sessions, and Nancy comes to see me once a month for sessions. And what I love about Nancy's work is that when she works on me, our sessions always include a few different components. First, I talk a little bit about my life and how things have changed since the last time I saw her, and then Nancy will give me some feedback and advice And then next, I lay fully clothed on her massage table, and Nancy uses a combination of massage and energy work to clear the energy from my body. And I should say, for those of you who don't understand what energy work is, it's when someone connects with God energy, which is the highest vibration that is, and brings through that energy to the person that they're working on for that person's highest good and highest health. Now, you may be thinking, well, why do two people who work with energy as a profession need energy healing treatments for themselves? (laughs) Well, think of it like this. Um, Think of it like a massage therapist who likes getting massages too. You could massage yourself, and I definitely work to clear my own energy out daily, but it also feels so relaxing and so rejuvenating to receive energy healing treatments as well. 
So when Nancy is working on me, I can feel this high vibration flowing through her every time. Now, when I say this, I mean, I feel this vibration so intensely. It feels so real. It feels like I can reach out, grab it and pick it up. That's how much I feel this high vibration flowing out of Nancy. And after the massage and the energy work is complete, Nancy always brings through intuitive information that she receives while working on me. And Nancy always keeps it very positive, but she tells me, you're focusing too much on this. You really need to be focusing on that. And she's always totally right. For example, when I first met Nancy, I was really focused on Reiki, Reiki, Reiki. And Nancy, I'll never forget it. You said, Julie, I work with some big time people, people who are mediums on TV, and everything you tell me is spot on. You are as good as them. And you said, you're prophetic. And at the time, I had to ask you what prophetic means because I didn't even know. But you told me that people want to connect with their angels more than anything. And it was really you who encouraged me to share that gift most with my clients. That was probably some of the most validating human feedback that I received. And I just wanted to thank you for that so much because that right there just shifted everything so much for me. Well, Julie, you're too kind. (laughs) Thank you so much. Um, It's always interesting to hear how my work affects people. And it's even more interesting whenever someone says to me, Oh, well, you said, and I always am like, because <gasps> I'm like, oh, what did I say? But because um, the fact of the matter is I never, I never with a lot of stuff totally remember exactly what I've said to someone because truly it's coming from spirit and not from my own ego space. So um, if it's accurate, that's why, because it's not from my, you know, human judgmental ego space. So that's, that's kind of key, but yes, um, exactly. That's how I feel too. (laughs) Thank you for having me on and saying, you know, what a wonderful intro. I'm very honored (laughs) and very glad you came into my life. It's been really helpful and healing. So Oh, good. Isn't that amazing, too? It was just kind of by coincidence. We were both on this website at the same time. Um, I forget what that website is. It was Tumblr. Which one? I, Tumblr. I found oh. you on Tumblr. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And yep. I was only on there for like a brief period of time. And then we connected and mm-hmm. the rest is history. Right. Totally intuited it. So that's yes. how it is. So Nancy, why don't you tell the listeners more about you and the work that you do? Well, I am a licensed massage therapist for about over 15 years now. And I do a little bit of massage, but that's totally like not my focus at all anymore. That's (laughs) work that's not deep enough for me. So even though people think it's deep, it's not. So I'm more interested in working with the energetic body more than the physical body. Starting out as a massage therapist, I found that um, I was picking up a lot of information about people. And um, I also found that I was getting some strange physical manifestations that I'd never had before. So it was a long process, but it kind of was a path to figuring out why this was happening 
So I started doing studies in both energetic type of healing and um, intuitive studies. So studying with um, really good psychics, going up to Infinity Foundation in Highland Park and taking a lot of their classes with Mel Dore, who's an amazing teacher and intuitive in Chicagoland. And um, just started working with that more and found that that's that whole path of feeling into people's energy and um, working with the energetic body was really more in alignment and felt more in flow with me, with my work. So little by little, I uh, started studying a type of therapy called visionary cranial sacral. What is that? Yeah, that is, uh, some people have heard of cranial sacral work and there's kind of two different forms of it. The main, probably the one people are more familiar with is a, a form of cranial sacral therapy by Upledger, which is a more clinical form of uh, cranial sacral work. And they really focus a lot on more like the actual feeling into like the, the sutures of the head and like feeling into the, the movement and just, they look at it more just from a clinical base. It's no matter how you put it, like cranial sacral is definitely kind of way out there type of work. Um, besides massage therapists, there are plenty of chiropractors who have learned it and oh, who else? Um, dentists. And if a doctor's doing it, he's probably a DO versus an MD. So that is not the area I'm trained in. I'm trained in the visionary. So that's more about intuiting more what you're feeling and um, understanding the energetic piece, which gives a ton of information about the person, what they're experiencing, what their flow is and whatnot. So that's what it is. I mean, there's books written on cranial sacral. It's actually very complex. Um, so yes, I'm trained in cranial sacral therapy. And sometimes that's a lot of, it's, it's an easier way for me to explain to people what I do. But um, I would say I take a big piece of it, my work from cranial sacral therapy, because I do focus on both the sacrum and the, the cranium, the head. But I would say my work has kind of evolved into my own um, thing because what I do is I study with a lot of different teachers and masters and then I kind of take what they teach me and some of it works for me. A lot of times a lot of it doesn't work for me, which is okay. And I just kind of have developed my own type of work with people. So, so yes, I'm basically, I am a licensed therapist, um, massage therapist, but I kind of resonate more with, I'm like a, um, an energy healing practitioner. Yeah, perfect. Well, mm -hmm. and, you know, I know the difference, but for people listening out there, I always like to hear what you have to say. What what do you think are the differences, the benefits that people receive when they're getting like a strict massage only versus when they walk away from an energy healing treatment or 
Um, what would you well, call it? What would I call it? Um, well, massage is wonderful, number one. Um, but that is very much focused on our muscular body, which, of course, is important. Um, an energy healing work is more focused on the energetic body, which is actually deeper work. So the energy of your of your body, your soul self, whatever, is 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 something that we are surrounded by and are deeply affected by, but a lot of people aren't very aware of their energetic body. And this is how a lot of times we get, I like to say, zapped by other people or places, situations. Um, it's kind of, again, like, it is a tangible concept, but for a lot of people, it's not. But energy is just in everything, especially us. And if we can learn to work with it and feel into it, both ours and other people and situations, even objects, um, it'll go a long way to help us. So the whole point of an energy healing session, which I think this is a bigger piece of it than the massage piece, is I want to help people learn to heal themselves, okay? It's like what you said in the beginning. It's hard, you know, you can massage yourself, but it doesn't really feel as good. <laughs> but with energy work, if you consistently receive it, you do learn to feel into your own energy and that of others and to work with it. And ultimately, it helps you to learn like what areas or what people or what situations you're more in flow with. It, the whole idea is to help you be going, you know, downstream instead of upstream and, and removing blocks. Uh, that's another part of the work is to get a lot of times pain and dysfunction, whether it's physical pain or emotional pain, which I believe are connected. When you have that, you have a, something stuck energetically in your body. So another piece of the work is trying to help people move that out and release it, basically releasing what doesn't serve you. Right. And that is the art of it all, right? Because we right. don't go around as human beings saying, oh, I really feel like I've got this stuck in my throat chakra. I really feel like I've got this stuck out in my auric field. But as you learn an energy healing modality and you come into it, um, you know, when I teach people Reiki, the most fun part is the first day when I'm having people for the very first time feel into the different chakras, feel mm. into the crown, feel into the third eye, feel into the throat chakra. And they look at me with this shocked, stunned face because, and I've had people say, they feel so different. How did I never right. know that you could go into these different areas of the body and they feel so different, but they do. Well, yeah. I mean, one thing with our society in particular is we're very focused on everything outside of ourselves to make us feel better or fix us. And the whole point of energy work is to go inside and work with that energy, which is really quite a bit more powerful than anything outside of ourselves because 
you have everything you need and you know what's best for yourself more than anybody else. And if you can tap into that, to that inner wisdom and guidance, it's a very powerful thing. Yeah. You know, that's why we're friends, Nancy, because everything you say, I'm like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Out of all the teachers that I've met, I think I align most with your ideals, your philosophy, your way of working. It's it's the tribe. <laughs> well, and like you said before, because I really feel like this is how um, I've built my practice is I have worked with a lot of different spiritual teachers along the way. And you're right. So many of them, you get to a point, you're like, mm, no, not so much. Right. I just like that mm-hmm. just doesn't work. But there are other parts that they taught me, which I do like, which I do incorporate. But with you, there's just so much that's just dead on with the way that I see it as well. Oh, I'm glad. Well, again, that's probably an energetic process, to be honest with you. Because if you listen to the energy, this is a thing. When you really learn how to work with your energy, you learn as you go through life that some people just you're not going to really flow with and you know, it's not really, it's never really a smart thing or um, it's it's probably going to be a waste of your time to try and get somebody to be something that they're not. Right, right. You know, they are who they are. So you'll start pulling in more people who are more aligned with who you are if you're more in, in tune with energetically who you are. Yeah, yeah. But definitely the ones who aren't like you have a lot to teach you. That's true. And that's okay. That's true. And nobody is for everybody, you know? Right. That's true. Because a lot of the teachers who weren't for me, I learned, I, I learned what I didn't want and the way that I didn't want to do things, um, which was as important info. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. So on this podcast and in my work, I relate the vibration that I feel that I try to live most of my day and I call it high vibration because I what spirit shows me is everything is energy all energy vibrates vibrates at different levels or different frequencies and what I tell people is God is the highest energy vibration that is and what you're doing is connecting with that energy and when I live in it it feels like you're living in a different dimension it feels like heaven on earth how do you describe that vibration or what do you believe this high vibration is? Well, I agree. I think the highest vibration is, you know, the divine God. Um, I also think though it's love. So love being the highest vibration and emotions like I think fear being one of the lower vibrations. But it's really about feeling into when you're in those type of emotional states, how do you feel? You know, what's going on in your body? Right, right. Both both physically, mentally, and emotionally. It's all tied together. Right. So how do you live your life in that high vibration? How do you maintain it? Um, For sure, my best, most important tool is a very solid meditation 
slash stillness practice. This is something that I do every day. This is how I start my day. Um, Sometimes I will meditate, I don't know, four or five times in a day. Um, And it, and you know, it's, I try to do it for at least 20 minutes in the morning. If I'm really rushed and I can only do five, fine, it's better than nothing. But what that stillness practice helps you to learn is that you're more than your thoughts and your thoughts aren't always the truth. (laughs) So I'm a believer of a lot of suffering one may experience is because you are having beliefs in thoughts and information that aren't even true. So with a stillness practice, the idea is to get past that ego mind and more again into your your soul self or your heart space where that is that is the truth the body does not lie your energetic body does not lie and it helps you learn that all of your chaos and drama and we all have it does not define you at all and it helps you to separate from that and not let it take you over. So that's probably the main, without a doubt, the main tool. Um, That and prayer. You know, I always say meditation is like listening Mm -hmm. to what God has to say to us, and prayer is asking. But yeah, I would say the meditation practice probably was a game changer for me, yeah. without a doubt. Yes, mm-hmm. completely. So I want to go a little bit deeper into this and some real life examples. Um, and a lot of people who are listening right now, like myself, we have young children. And mm-hmm. I challenge myself to hold that meditative high vibrational state. Um, as much as I can throughout my day. But one area where I lose that vibration easily is being a parent. And I just find that being a parent brings so much emotion out of me. I mean, there's that aspect of joy and love, but there's also that aspect of fear and stress and frustration. And over the last six months, my daughter's been going through this very whiny, complainy phase. We don't spank her. We don't believe in that. We And we don't normally take things away because she's just always been a pretty well-behaved kid. But lately, we've been giving her a choice. You can either change your behavior or we're going to take away your iPad for an hour. And that works, um, but the, the behavior starts to come back like an hour later or the next day. In fact, we were just at Great Wolf Lodge, which is an indoor water park like slash hotel, complained nonstop the entire first day. We um, we ended up getting to the point where we said, you have one last chance. And if this behavior doesn't stop, we're not going to stay a second night. We're just going to go home. And the hardest thing was sticking to that because the behavior mm-hmm. didn't stop. So we packed up, we went home early, and then the waterworks came. Oh my goodness, the tears. And since we've been going on about six months now with this, I find that now I even have anxiety about going places with her. 
because my egoic mind is getting in and saying, it's not going to be fun. She's going to complain going with her. You know, it's just not fun anymore. So my question, Nancy, is this. You have three children. Your youngest is in high school. How did you hold this high vibration in your life when your kids were young? Wow. Okay. First of all, like parenting is one of the greatest challenges, but probably the greatest um, experience of my life. So uh, holding the vibe high is just realizing that, at least personally speaking for me, my kids have been my greatest teachers. So for the most part, any areas where they've really challenged me, if I'm really honest with myself, <laughs> I'm looking at their behavior and they're basically throwing my behavior back in my face uh-huh. with things I need to work on. So first, just being aware of that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Second, I have found that, again, if you go back to the energy of it, one really important thing to remember is another thing that is energy is our thoughts. Right. That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a huge believer in change your thoughts, change your life. Okay. Absolutely. So your kids can definitely pick up on what you're thinking. So if you think they're going to act up and be a pain in the, mm, guess what? They probably are. Yeah. So, and again, this is all easier said than done because again, we're human and we're really really powerfully um, almost regulated by our ego space. So a lot of times what the best thing to do is when your kid is really challenging you is to go into more of holding a space, holding the space for them, but not giving their, you know, obnoxious behavior much energy. Got it. So a lot of times kids are acting up because they want your attention, mm-hmm. you know, they or they just they can't get enough attention, that type of thing. And, you know, all of us have to learn that we have to take care of ourselves. Right. You know, there's there's going to never be a space in life where somebody takes care of you nonstop. It's really up to you. So even, you know, super mom cannot take care of their kid, you know, especially attention wise, 24 seven, you know, we need to eat and sleep too, and have downtime. So I think a good thing to do oftentimes is to just like, kind of hold their space, but not like, don't fan the fire a lot of times, like, again, energetically. Yeah. So break down for people like I know what you mean. But for people who don't understand, Mm -hmm. Um, tell them what you mean about hold the space and that last piece that you just said, like give examples or something. Holding the space. And and this is something that as an energy healer, this is a big piece of the work. Holding a space means that this person knows that you are there. Like you're there as a source of support, but unconditional. Like you're just going to let them be. And you're going to be there and, and help them work through this, but it's their stuff and we're not going to have judgment on it. 
and we're going to try and keep them as safe as possible, but we're just going to kind of hold their space and let them work through this themselves. Because ultimately, again, like you have the answers, you know what's best. Right, right. So that's what holding a space is, okay? The, it's very important to be unconditional, though. That, that's super important. So going back to the, so, my example of being at Great Wolf uh-huh. Lodge, you know, there's a lot of over, I love that place. I mean, it's fantastic. It's so much it fun. Cool. Um, yeah. but you can get overstimulated very quickly because there's just so much to do, mm-hmm. especially for the young ones. So right. going back to that example, maybe sitting down with her, because I feel like I was overstimulated as well, maybe sitting down with her and taking a couple of deep breaths, saying, okay, I'll, there's a lot to do here. We're going to pick two. Which mm-hmm. two do you want to do? And and go with that. Instead of um, just allowing it to be kind of this chaotic situation, holding the space, coming in and just taking that time out together collectively as a family um, probably could have helped. Well, yeah, because that would be giving, providing some like boundaries for her, which boundaries are very important too um, in regards to energy. You know, it's when we don't have enough boundaries, that's when, you know, we're just letting too much, whether it's a person or a situation, get into our space and it's too much. Yeah. So yeah, she probably was overwhelmed. I mean, those type of places for me are really hard too. You know, you won't see me at Lollapalooza. Um, (laughs) (laughs) There's just certain things if you're really energy sensitive that you have to honor in yourself and you you can't be bombarded by that. Yes. Um, I want to go into a couple of things. You know, as you were speaking that what the other side was showing me is I I do sit down with her and we do kind of hold that space every once in a while. But what I could be doing longer and what they're saying to tell everybody here is that the other thing that holding the space means that I don't do is bringing silence into it. So mm-hmm. I work with her every once in a while and we take a couple of deep breaths. But I right. noticed that when you have those periods of silence, you really center your energy. What they're showing me I need to teach her is taking those periods of silence isn't a punishment. I mean, let's take away the iPad for a second. Let's put everything down for a second and let's just sit and be for a minute and let's all reconnect with our energy and then let's come up with a game plan. And I think that probably would have worked better than anything. Well, it shifts the process out of reactionary to action. Because again, like a lot of times when we're upset and really in our mind space, like we'll react, we'll say things we don't mean, or we'll, you know, some people even strike out and do something that they don't really want to do. So if you give yourself that pause and you can go more into a space of like, okay, stop, (laughs) what's the best action here? So that you're not fanning the fire. It's like in an argument, think of it this way. We've all been in arguments, which I avoid this like the plague, but 
if you most likely in a big argument or a fight, if someone's attacking you, if you attack them back, they're probably going to, that's, they're probably going to attack you back and it's back and forth. Okay. Think about like what happens if, if somebody's yelling and screaming at you and you just pretty much like shut it down by holding the space, but not giving them any like of their own similar energy back for them to use and attack you more with. Right. It diffuses like, everything. It diff- it's a diffuser. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if, it, if they won't stop, then you just leave. I mean, mm-hmm. I always say like <laughs> silence or no answer is an answer. Yeah. You know, it's a powerful one. So oh, I like that. It's another way of working with difficult energy. Yeah. So I want to mention one thing because I heard this a while back while we're on the topic of motherhood and mm-hmm. I want to go into it. It's a little bit negative and then we'll pause, we'll jump into all the positive stuff. But while we're on the subject of this, you know, I heard a male spiritual teacher laugh at women one day and I heard this man say, and he's somebody that I really admire. He said, I was on the phone with a female spiritual teacher once and her child was really loud in the background. And when I stepped away from the conversation, I could hear the frustration in her voice when she was talking to her child. Now, I know the big time female spiritual teacher he was referring to, and I know she's dedicated Mm -hmm. her entire life to this work. I know personally that she holds a strong high vibration. I know that she's helped millions of people. But this male leader in the spiritual community just really cut her down and made it out to be like she really wasn't as enlightened as she says she was because of the way that she had handled that situation with her child. And I just want to talk about this for a moment because have you noticed how some people in the spiritual community put on this front of perfectionism themselves? It's almost like a holier than thou persona. And I just don't believe it's real. What the angels show me is that every person here on earth, from the Queen of England to celebrities in Hollywood and CEOs, you know, everyone has downtimes. And it just frustrates me, I guess, when these spiritual teachers continue to put on this holier than thou personas because aren't they going through frustrations and problems in their own lives? Like that doesn't stop for anybody. That's right. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> I've experienced this phenomena quite a bit myself. And again, that's an ego thing. You know, anyone, I'll tell you what, anyone who starts telling or judging people on the uh, enlightenment factor that they're not enlightened, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> they're not very enlightened themselves. That's nothing. That, who are they to judge that? That is your own personal deal. And one person's enlightenment is not going to be the same as somebody else's. It's the whole point is we are all very, very different, unique, perfectly imperfect souls. And the idea is that we need to honor and respect the differences. That's it. I mean, there's no one way that is going to work for every single person. Yeah. The closest thing is, would be, would be the concept of love. Right. That's it. But that's, that's a very, you know, not an easy thing to, to attain all the time, you know? (laughs) So 
Yeah, no, that happens a lot. Yeah. There's a great book out there for anybody who is experiencing this as well and wants more answers to this. Um, I believe it's called something like After the Enlightenment, Do the Laundry or something to that effect. Mm -hmm. And it's it's so true. Like after you get into this state of being, um, you have to integrate it into your daily life. And what does that look like? So I thought that that was interesting. Well, here's another thing with enlightenment too. In my opinion, some of the times I feel most enlightened is when I'm just in the muckety muck of my muck and I accept it and don't hate myself, okay? Uh, (laughs) A lot of people think that I'm somebody that has no problems and um, have and I have a very unconflicted life and all of that because I do come off as quite chill and I am chill but the fact of the matter is that's not true at all and I've had a ton of really complex I'm a very complex person I've had a ton of complex situations in my life both in the past and now and those con um Conflicts, though, and difficult issues are, though, what keeps me humble and helps me to work with other people. Because realistically, if you're truly enlightened, you know that everyone's got their, you know. Right. Yeah, that's the <laughs> so, big picture. Everybody has this. Everyone. The, like You just have to use, the whole point is to have, what, what are you learning from right. it? That's the whole point. Right. So let's jump into a fun topic. Um. We both got dogs this year and unintentionally, we both basically named them the same thing. You've got Lou and I've got Mm -hmm. Lulu. (laughs) Um, I have found, I haven't owned a pet in a long time, but we got um, Sir Fluffkins of Oxford, our little boy Shih Tzu. We got Uh him three years ago and he shifted the energy in our entire house. Oh, yes. Talk mm-hmm. to me about animals, the energy that they hold, and the benefit they bring to our well-being. Oh, gosh. Well, and our family has basically always had at least one or two dogs. And um, we went through a period where earlier this year, a, uh, a really special dog we had had, Harry, who had a lot of problems. Um, he was really funny looking, and he was to be quite honest with you, kind of a gross dog, <laughs> but a lot of problems. Um, but he was the nicest guy ever. So just that energy alone just showed like, despite all his problems, he was the nicest guy he ever. He was. So he, he absolutely was mm-hmm. never complained, always loving, you know. So he had a, a difficult demise and it was just really messy. I'll leave it at that. Um, and when he finally transitioned, I was like, I'm, we're not getting a dog for a long time because just the messes we had to clean up and the emotion and, you know, he did not, we had to like put him down, which is usually you do have to do that, but you know, we were just hoping he would die on his own, but no. So, it was very difficult. And I thought, nope, we're not doing that again. Within 
I would say a couple days, like the whole energy of our house just shifted. It just, there was such a void in the house um, and it didn't feel right. So sure enough, I think within, let's see, July, within a couple months, we had Lou show up in our life. So yeah, an, an animal definitely brings a, a powerful energy into your home. Um, because they are so loving and they do, you know, these dogs, sometimes we're not, we don't give them as much attention or, you know, as they want or, or, but it doesn't matter. They still love you anyway. Right. Right. So no, they add a ton to your, to your life and your, in your household energy without a doubt. Without a doubt, yeah, Lou has brought a tremendous amount of joy and and healing into our home. Um, he's just he's just so loving, and no matter what's happened during the day, you can come home and he will absolutely come and sit with you. Or he always meditates with me. It's so cute. Aww. They're just yeah, they're very energy sensitive. A lot of animals. Mm-hmm. So again, though, like you got to look at your energy and see what you're drawing into and what you need. So, right. Nope. Because pets aren't for everybody. Nothing is for everybody. But if you're a real energy sensitive person, it might be a great thing for you. That's a good tip. I like that. Mm So Mm -hmm. Nancy, next question. What are the most common struggles you see your clients facing besides the ones that we've already talked about? And what's the advice or tips or tricks that you find most help them? the foundation, whether, you know, oh, whether you hate your job, whether you have a difficult relationship with your partner, um, whatever. Okay. The bottom line is people don't totally know who they are. And what goes along with that is not honoring their self, capital S. So, the whole path to a big piece of the path to feeling more whole and happier is first figuring out who am I, you know, and then honoring that. And again, a lot of that can happen in a space of stillness and getting out of the, the mind and which is so influenced by outside forces. So pretty much people are looking outside of themselves, you know, like those that pair of shoes is going to make me feel happier. Yeah. <laughs> for a few seconds it will, you know, right. or this eating that hamburger or you know, all this stuff or being with this person or having this car, or if I make X amount of money or mm-hmm. all of that. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I'm not going to lie and say it, it does give you some happiness, but it's a it's a, a surfacey type of thing. It doesn't last. Right, it's temporary. True, it's like fleet. Yeah, right. The true happiness is found like within. And it, it, this is simple. It's simple. It's honoring your true self and being okay with that and really knowing your true self. It sounds so simple. But it's a very difficult thing to do because we have so many outside influence and distractions that set us off course. So that's like 
that is the foundation of everybody I talk to. There's not one person that can't relate to that advice. Yeah. And what Spirit was Mm -hmm. showing me when you were talking about that, what I see a lot with my clients is this is work. A lot of this is you can work Mm -hmm. with a spiritual teacher, but when you leave, you have to do the work on your own, on yourself. And nobody else can do that work for you in your day-to-day life. And what Spirit was showing me is so much about finding yourself and knowing who you are is about then following and staying in alignment with who you are. So if that job's not serving you, if that person's not serving Mm -hmm. you, following that because there's so much fear or so much of our self-identity wrapped up in these things that we're afraid to actually follow the path of who we are by releasing these things, right? Exactly right. Yep. Mm -hmm. And a lot of our beliefs and, you know, false beliefs about ourselves and whatnot have been conditioned into us as really small, small young people. So again, it's not an easy process to really figure out who you truly are, but it's a worthwhile process. Mm -hmm. So what is like the step-by-step one, two, three process of what you do when you start to feel anxiety or sadness rise up in your body? Mm, Okay. The first thing I do is just lean into it. I accept it and I don't try to push it away because I'm a great believer in going, if you try and go around something, it's going to take a lot longer to really resolve it and process it than just going right into it. Okay. So I, I accept, okay. I don't feel very happy today. Right. Yep. (laughs) That's it. Okay. Second thing I would do is I would probably just take some time out for me and I would probably just, depending on what's going on that day. If I have the time to sit down and, and just be still for a while, that's great. Um, If I'm in the middle of a work day, it may be a situation where I just have to take a breath and um, maybe pull up something positive to read or, or something that makes me happy or a picture, whatever. And just remind myself that this situation does not define me. Um, and another tool I use quite a bit, which is super helpful for me, is journaling. I will I will write a lot of it out. And here's the thing, though. Try to write from your heart space, your soul space, not your head space. Like, don't really think about what you're writing. Just start writing. And don't think about it. I find, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I tell my clients the same thing. I tell them to get into a meditative state first so that they're really coming mm-hmm. from their soul's true voice, their intuition, instead of from their right. head. Right. And keep breathing. Yes. People don't breathe. <laughs> yes. Breath work. Love it. Yep. Yep. So here's another question. You've worked with these big time celebrity mediums, some who've been on TV, and people, the the biggest skepticism that I hear from people is, well, they told me something. I, I went to see this person. They told me something and it didn't come true. What do you say to uh-huh. those people? 
Well, okay. Here's here's a thing on um, intuitives, and I I feel I I totally relate to being an intuitive. Okay. Yes. Um. First of all, you know you've had a great like intuitive reading if you walk away from that session and you think or feel that's what I thought that's what I thought okay so again it's a lot about you you already know the answers it's just like getting through like your your ego space of fear and mindset and whatnot Mm -hmm. but okay no (laughs) With intuitives, first of all, nobody can tell you, like, the hardest thing with um, intuiting for people is the timing piece. Because what do you mean? There's so many things that can change and so many variables and aspects going on in a person's life that can shift the timing. And, you know, linear timing, too, is just, that's such a human concept. Totally. You yes. know, spirit world. <laughs> You know, to them, like 300 years in our, to them is like nothing. It's, it's a, those two concepts don't connect. So things can totally change. So, especially with timing. So perhaps, perhaps it never comes true or perhaps it comes true in a, in a long time from now. Any, what a good intuitive is doing is basically reading the energy of the present situation. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's like saying, this is how I feel it's going. Like they can kind of feel into you and the situation and, and feel like, yeah, this feels correct. And this is the direction it's going in or, Ooh, no, that doesn't feel right. Or it feels like that's going to be an uphill battle or, that's pretty much what they're talking about. Um, yeah, I mean, I will say sometimes just really odd information will or random information will pop into your head and you know, you'll you'll give a person that information and yeah, it could be true. I mean, I remember one time I ran into a client I saw once in a grocery store and she was wanting she came to a session cuz she was upset that she um, was having a lot of problems getting pregnant, okay. you know, and, and these are, ugh, these are tricky issues to work with, right. you know, um, because that's, you know, that's up to God. So, but I don't know. Apparently I told her that I felt like that she was actually had, had a, a little baby spirit around her and that she would be having a baby here or getting pregnant in the next, I gave her a specific time and everything. And I guess it was right. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I said that to her. (laughs) With this type of work, like sometimes I will say stuff that really is not of my mindset or ego. And that's the great mystery of it. Yeah, that's true. There's a great mystery to how we get information, you know, right. You know, we, we all have hunches on stuff that, really you can't totally explain there's no tangible reason for it there's absolutely the more I do this work the more I know that I don't know much right that's the one thing I know for sure (laughs) I got a spirit for everything exactly Mm -hmm. so that's 
It's a relief. Oh, it's good. It is. It is. That's so hard though, because I've had clients like that too. And you do get information from spirit when they want to know something, but we also live in such a legal society that it's scary sometimes from my perspective to actually give that information. Because for Mm -hmm. example, I had somebody come to me I think it was last spring and she said, you know, I'm I think it was 7 8 months pregnant. I've been told by three doctors, three nurses to actually abort the baby because they believe something's wrong. They believe um that there's going to be major problems and the this and this woman's spiritual team came through and they said there's nothing wrong with the baby. They were showing Mm -hmm. me her grandfather holding the baby. The baby was absolutely fine. And I think that was one of the the times my ego came in the most and said, Yeah, how do you tell people, how do you tell somebody that it's gonna be okay? And the crazy thing is that she came back and she said the baby is completely fine. She had the baby. Mm -hmm. Um and I the way that it occurred within the session, I said, you have free will. You really have to make this decision for yourself, but this is what I see. And she came back and she said, the baby's completely fine. There's nothing wrong. That's what I would have done too. Like, honestly, again, you, you know, the answers and you have to honor what you feel like there's nobody that knows better than yourself, but you have to get to that space right. and, and really honor it. So, but yeah, that type of stuff is very difficult. Yeah. So I know for me in my work that spirit has, because my ego would come through so much in the beginning. Oh my God, Julie, you're going crazy. Mm-hmm. This can't be true. You got stop this. <laughs> um, don't tell people right. this. And Spirit Mm -hmm. basically had to knock me over the head time after time after time with just this intense validation because I have always said, I just want to be a tool that God can work through. And they've constantly come back and said, well, this is how we're working through you. Wake up. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. How has Mm -hmm. Spirit shown you that validation that what you're hearing, the thoughts that are coming to you? is not you. It is them. For me, it's not really so much like thoughts. It's like a feeling. It's very subtle. Um, I don't know, because this is something I struggle with all the time. For me, it's always easier to work with other people than myself. Although many things in my life that I've really had a strong feeling about have manifested, even though I think a lot of people would have said you're crazy. So yeah, um, that's a real hard one. It's an ongoing thing. Um, I just have to really trust what I feel and make sure that my intentions are in check. Right. Right. And just, it's really subtle and it's, it's just really knowing what I'm like trying to, to help with, with the person and what, what's serving their greatest good. But honestly, what serves people the, the best is to help them figure it out themselves, 
you know? Yeah, of course. So just kind of get that going. Give them. I don't really like, yeah, I don't really like to, the bulk of my sessions are in silence. I do not want to give them a ton of my verbiage, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Because no matter what, you can't get away from, some of me is going to come in there. I mean, you know, again, this is for human beings. But um, no, the, the whole idea is to help them learn to know what that feeling is and when it's right and when it's not. Right. Right. And wouldn't you say that yeah. that's kind of where our our sessions differ a little bit? Uh, because you tell me sometimes that I just don't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never telling you that. No, I, I like to hear what you have to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so let me ask you this too, because I have a lot of clients who – come in. And when I get into their energy, they have had a parent pass or somebody very close pass, and they're worried about passing the same way. You know, dad passed of a heart attack, worrying about passing from a heart attack too, of these medical conditions Mm -hmm. being passed down. You know, there's a lot of moms out there. We worry about something happening to our kids. And Well, my question to you, Nancy, is have you ever had these deep-seated fears within yourself that don't come true? So not all of the fears that we have are going to manifest. A lot of our fears don't manifest, especially if we don't focus on them. Yes. So Mm -hmm. the, the work that I give them is overcoming those subconscious thoughts by seeing themselves in the future, by really living in the daydream of being in the future and what they didn't want to happen, not having happened at all. Um, What Mm -hmm. tools do you give people to stop manifesting that stuff in their own lives? Uh, The main thing would be to just live now, like be present Mm -hmm. because that's really all we have. There's no guarantees of even an hour from now. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what I'm really about is just acknowledging that the fact of the matter is, is that we really don't have much, if any control over anything. So it's more about managing what is happening in our lives right now. And Another truth is that nothing stays the same. So everything's going to change. You're not, you're not at the same person, even cellularly, an hour from now. So there's no... Uh, being really focused on the future, which many people are, that's one of my demons that I fight. Uh, that creates so much anxiety. Right. Like, just learn to be happy with, like what you're happy with right now in this present moment. If you can learn to do that, then that is going to help you release a lot of fears. Um, And the same goes for the past, you know, right. Some of our past is great and some of it's not so great. That's for everybody. Um, Yes. Learn from it, but enjoy now. Okay. That's the main thing. I like that. Mm Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we've been working on this year together is I've been having sciatic pain and plantar fasciitis that just popped up this summer. Um, 
I know it's all connected from my hip to my foot. And I know that it's connected to some emotional junk that I'm carrying. I want to talk about how what we experience in our life, we hold in our bodies. How do you see that working? How do you get to the root of the issue and work it out of the body? I know you've had some great tips for me, and I just want to share those with our listeners. Well, I mean, that's more, I'm of the belief that whatever physically is going on with you, there is some, there's an emotional, um, energetic base to it. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's my belief. That is a very Eastern type of philosophy. Okay. So, you know, pain can manifest in a lot of different ways. And, um, the way I work with it is just, I'm more work with the overall energetic body versus I, I, sometimes I will specifically like lay hands on a specific spot that might be hurting somebody. Um, but I don't know if that's necessarily better than just doing my thing where I'm at the head and just like sending the energy on through, you know? Um, it's all about getting the energy moving. I like to compare it to like, compare like the ocean to a stagnant, stinky pond, you know, (laughs) those are two completely different, um, energy presence of energy. So that's a great metaphor. I love that one. Yeah. You got to keep things moving. Movement's super important. Mm -hmm in all forms, whether it's energetic, physical, mental, when we stop moving, uh, usually great things don't happen. So just try to keep people moving. And as an energy uh, practitioner, it's just kind of tapping in and giving them a nudge so that they can heal themselves. I'm just the conduit. Yeah. So one of the things that I've learned, um, that's been, I'm going to say a little bit shocking to me is Mm -hmm. I've never put emphasis in my entire life on flexibility. And I know that's the premise Mm -hmm. of yoga. um, But coming into this over the last four years, I've realized that that tightness creates so much pent up energy within our body. It is Mm -hmm. so damaging. And the power of flexibility, it's just, you can't deny it. And I've, I have conversations and I'll be out at parties or out at dinners and people will be like, Oh, I don't stretch. You know, I go work out, but I don't stretch. And they don't put They're like me, how I used to be zero emphasis on flexibility. Um, but it really helps work so much energy out of our bodies. It does, but maybe not for everybody. Like there's different things, you know, the key is you have to find out what works for you energetically. So like for me, I finally embraced that I hate working out and I hate the gym. And you know what? When I finally embraced that, guess what? I've lost, you know, like, 28 pounds. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I need to move, but my form of it is more either 
walking or um, I love to do um, movement, somatic movement, things like okay. that. I mean, but obviously the main thing is not eating as much. Right. So, um, but, but again, it's different for everybody, True. everybody. So, so it's just finding out what works yay. for you. Um, I have some rapid fire questions and I want you to give me mm-hmm. your intuitive answer. Uh, some are big, okay. big spiritual questions, um, but I want to hear okay. your short quick, um, just what you have to say about them. It's one or two words, right? Oh, no. Uh, let's, couple yeah, words. like a sentence or a par- paragraph, a couple sentences or a paragraph, you know. Um, okay. Okay. So here we go. Some rapid fire questions. Mm-hmm. What is the point of life? Why do we come here when there's so much pain? The point of life is to to learn to love one another and yourself. Perfect. What is the soul? The soul is your energetic heart being who you are, what you're here to do. Mm. It's the core of love. Mm, I love that. If you could only leave your kids with one piece of advice, what would it be? Oh my gosh. It would be be yourself and love yourself. Love it. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is just for me, but who do you know that I definitely need to interview on this podcast? Yeah. Mel Dore. Do you think he would do it? Oh, yeah. awesome. I mean, go have a session with yeah. him, but yeah. See if you are, you know, in alignment with him, but yeah, he's a great guy. Well, thank you so much, Nancy, for being on the show, being on the podcast. If anyone wants to get in touch with you, how do they find you? Well, thank you, Julie. It's, just, it's always fun to talk about this stuff, and it makes me think, and then I have to not think, so I have to speak from the heart. But if um, anyone wants to contact me, you can find me um, at my website, which is www.chibabyinc.com and that's chi c-h-i baby b-a-b-y dot com or my number is 630-890-3613 that's on the website and I'm a better texter with response. You'll get a quicker response with a text because I can do that very quickly in between clients and whatnot. So Perfect. Perfect. Well, um, thanks again, Nancy. I hope you have uh, the best 2019. I feel like it's going to be a fantastic year. And as we're taping this, it's the beginning of January. So um, I wish you the best of luck this year. And thank you so much for what a huge blessing you've been in my life. Oh, you as well, Julie. Thank you. My dear friends, you don't know what an incredible, huge, huge, huge blessing it is to this podcast when you write a glowing, positive review for us. It truly helps us get the best experts on the show. 
I know this might sound a little complex, but if you send me an email after you post a glowing positive review here, I will put your name into a monthly drawing to win a free 30 minute angel message session with me. And it may just be broadcast on this show at a later date. Your name will be kept in the drawing every month until you win. When you email me, don't forget to include your name, contact information, and positive review. I hope you win. Tune in for a new episode next week where I'll share tools and guidance that can help you fall in love with your life and start living it from a place of peace, bliss, and ease. Thank you so much for listening to the Angels and Awakening podcast. Until next time, know in your heart just how deeply you're loved on the other side and open up your heart to all of the random, unexpected blessings that your angels and your spirit team are trying to bring into your life right now. Disclaimer, this podcast provides general information and discussion about energy healing, spiritual topics, and related subjects. The conversations and other content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials are not intended and should not be construed as medical, psychological, and or professional advice. If the listener or any other person has a medical concern, he or she should consult with an appropriately licensed physician or other healthcare professional. Never make any medical or health-related decision based in whole or even in part on anything contained in the Angels and Awakening podcast or in any of our linked materials. You should not rely on any information contained in this podcast and related materials in making medical, health-related, or other decisions. You should consult a licensed physician or appropriately credentialed healthcare worker in your community in all matters relating to your health. If you think you may have a medical emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. Again, angel messages, energy healing, and the information you receive here does not constitute legal, psychological, medical, business, relationship, or financial advice. Do not take any of the advice given in any Angels and Awakening podcasts or sessions in lieu of medical, psychological, legal, financial, or general professional advice. Please note, Angels and Awakening is a podcast produced by Chicago Energy Healing, a company with locations in Wheaton and Naperville, Illinois.